time Cause I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul Ever since you rescued me You gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus Moses has stage fright well, welcome back to the One Truth and Three Opinions from the Show Ring Podcast. We've got a knocking the ear notch this one. We're getting up there so high, nobody believed we had that many in the litter anyway. So, uh, but we got another uh, another awesome guest, and uh, man, we're just looking forward to this one. Another guy that was certainly on the first list that we made of guys that we wanted to wanted to interview as we got things rolling. A uh, guy that. Man, I don't even know where to start with him for sure. Over the last three or f- three or so years, we've gotten to be really good friends. Just over uh, through the tutel- Tuesday morning Bible study, through some uh, little weight loss trying on <laughs> some uh, some other things. But uh, Josh is on with us as well. Dan's unfortunately unable to be on this afternoon with us. But um, here in the uh, I don't even remember what motel I'm at, but the Fairfield Studio right here. We've got uh, in El Reno, Oklahoma. I'm sitting with. With Brandon Callis, glad you're here this afternoon. No, good to be here. Yeah, we uh, worked out good. Um, actually, I brought my daughter up to their judging camp there at the Redlands Community College, and uh, they're out working, giving reasons right now, doing something. Brandon hauled some uh, judging cattle home, ended up having to pull a calf. So this is real right here, I guarantee you. There's some embryonic <laughs> fluid and blood and guts right here on his jeans sitting on this couch. And so... Uh, Josh is on the Zoom, and so I mean, you you painted a visual right there. That's I mean, you got to get it real right there. I mean, you ain't no cowboy. <laughs> oh. You ain't no judger. You know, I actually that kind of reminds me of a story. One time, I was uh, getting ready when we lived at Angelo. We lived five minutes from that airport, and that was very handy, and that was very unhandy because I'd get so used to leaving at the last minute. And I actually stopped at the barn one time and checked on one, and I didn't even think about it. I reached down, and I didn't really pull one. I just helped pull a, na- a kid out of a nanny goat and didn't even think about it. And I got on that plane by the time I thought I could smell a little something. And next thing I know, I was on that plane. Luckily, the flight from Angelo to Dallas doesn't last very long. I got <laughs> off and got that kind of washed <laughs> off. But luckily, the smell of vision isn't going on here today. Mm. So we are just on a podcast. So, <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's get started. Brandon, how did you get, I don't even know, short version, long version, tell us about you. Tell us something maybe some people don't know. I get to know a lot about you because I've known your dad for years and got to do a lot with Dwight and over the years and the sheep background and all that stuff. I guess let's hear that other side of things. Kind of, how was it growing up in South Texas? Uh, Hot. Uh, Very, very hot and humid uh, down there, but... um... I don't know. I, I've never, I guess, I guess the best way to describe it is it's blessed for me. Um, parents I had grant and the parents they had and, and the way they guided them through, through their faith, it just, it naturally bled off on us. And my outlook's probably different than a lot of people as far as, um, I don't ever have bad days. My wife says I'm crazy when I say that, but I, I really don't, uh, and, and that was that way growing up. I never wanted for anything. Uh, parents always provided for needs, you know, didn't get a lot of extra necessarily, but uh, we can't say we ever went without. Um, and the only thing extra we got was the extra day at, at church on a Monday or Wednesday other than a Sunday is about only extra we got around there. Yeah, maybe an extra whooping or two. Yeah, I that was mean, my no, brother and why? sister. Okay, not you yeah, the that was my kid. brother and sister. Yeah. I got that for sure. So you were raised Baptist. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, kind of went to college Baptist, and you and Kelly got married, and mm-hmm. she was staunch Church, Church of Christ. Christ. That's and for so sure. that all went well, I'm sure, most yeah. of the time. Hey, it was it was a good blend of things. I, I joke with her, my my first uh, experience with the Church of Christ was actually my, my dad's uncle. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in the living room with uh, his dad and, and, and his mom, and 
man, he come busting through the door and telling us how we were all going to hell because we weren't Church of Christ type of deal. So that was my first Church of Christ experience. <laughs> and so when 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 her and I uh, got serious and I, I'd come over here to Yukon and we went to South Yukon Church of Christ with our parents, it, it was a different experience. It wasn't near as as choke you out, judgmental as, as what I was anticipating going into it. And, and actually, it probably added a new leaf of uh, of studying for me. Uh, she, I'll give her credit because because my wife was so far out there. I, I told I always tell her she was ahead of me when it came to faith because she was more of a student and would actually read the Bible. Uh, my mom tried to get me to read all my life, and it took me till I was thirty six to finally open up and read something. <laughs> yeah. um, and and so I always felt like I was playing catch up to her. Because uh, she has such a strong grain, stranglehold in, in understanding of the scripture, and, and kind of apply it, and she actually challenged me. Uh, we can get in this a little later too with just coaching, and I was a K State coaching, and, and had a group of, of interesting. I'll put it interesting kids, uh, a fun group of kids, but probably a little too fun to where you got too comfortable with them. And she just challenged me one day. She said, "Hey, you either gonna do this right or or do it really right." And so. Um, a year after that, I kind of woke up, and again, we were in Church of Christ at, at that point in time, too, and got me into studying a whole heck of a lot more and, and cracking that book like I should, and I hadn't caught her yet, but I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> Gaining ground yeah. there anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that, yeah, I guess part of my journey, too, you know, I mean, it's the same way as, uh, you know, believing, praying, believing, knowing. You know, and I know one thing I know for Josh, you know, it's one thing I can say, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I don't stick up very far for a lot of people in a lot of ways. But if somebody tells me that Josh isn't in the word and studying and digging in, and actually there's a lot of times just in text conversations, he spurs me on to do it even more, mm-hmm. you know, and I think some of the conversations you and I've had over text about different things and same thing, you know, is it's, it's, it's that knowing, Yep. you know, um, so I guess tell me, uh, tell me, just being as those years as of right now, you're mm-hmm. uh, you're retired judging coach. Yep. Um, and you, co- how many teams did you coach? Oh, I don't. Basically, I, my first team I helped Poe there at at Blinn right before I graduated A and M. So that had been the spring of '05, uh, and didn't quit till I hired Spencer. About I guess it's been three years yeah. ago. So. Quite a few of them. Yeah, sixteen, there. seventeen, yeah. something like that. So I guess tell me, I mean, let's dig into that right there. When Kelly challenged you with that group of kids that you said were were fun, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure a great group of kids. Oh yeah, they just you know like to like to be a little bit wild, oh, have a little yeah. fun, and uh, we were kind of joking about that before we got on, <laughs> you know, and uh, about different kids. But what what was I guess just tell us kind of that difference when you kind of decided, hey, I'm going to do it this way a little bit. So so she challenged me then. And I and I and I kind of got it. I was being more conscious of uh, how I was at contest, the way I interacted with those kids at contest. Uh, you know, especially after the contest, making sure I wasn't around them if they were doing something that didn't need to be done. But also, I challenged them if they weren't doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing. And then, honestly, the big change and in, in really my big life change in general. Uh, again, I, I've always considered myself blessed but boring. I've never gotten in a lot of trouble. I don't have one of those deep reaching stories that's, that's super uh, motivational that I've come from some deep, dark place and, and come out on top. That's not me. Um, but, uh, oh, I guess it's been about almost nine years ago on a January, January 6th. I can remember it, not because of <laughs> January 6th we're talking about now, but uh, <laughs> but uh, she, she just came up one day and she said, um, she said, I'm moving to Oklahoma. And I said, okay. She said, and we're not separating it like that. She just goes, by August of this year, I'm going to be living in Oklahoma. And and, and that day, I, I, I toyed with that. My, my mind went to reeling, and it was in the morning. And, and by the end of that day, uh, Proverbs 16 and 9, which my judging students, especially here at Redlands, know how special that verse is to me. Uh, it changed me. Uh and again, and that's when I, I, I really started charging for the Lord at that moment. But she told me she's moving to Oklahoma. And that, that day, that night, I asked, well, well God, how? Uh, I don't have a job over there. 
I don't know what we're going to be doing. And and probably my, my biggest problem through this journey of Christianity is uh, I've been the one that you could almost consider lukewarm or, or didn't know when to move. Uh, I would just stay stagnant and stay comfortable. I did not like being uncomfortable. And she made me uncomfortable with that question. And then just happened that Proverbs 16 9 showed up twice that day. Uh, showed up on just the daily Bible deal that comes across. And then Horn sends that that devotional he sends every morning. It was on that devotional, too. Um, and so I went to read and study and, and kind of adopted it and took it to heart. And several months later, um, we decided to move up here uh, in May. And I was going to sell insurance. Uh, a guy named Chad Chaplin, his dad, uh, he passed away here a few years ago. Uh, his dad kind of halfway recruited me to, to take over an insurance spot here in Yukon. And um, if, if anybody's in the insurance business just getting started, uh, I'd say it's a young man's game on the start on the front end of it. If you don't have a family, it's pretty easy to get into. But if you've got a, a pretty established family and kind of a one-income deal like we did, it's hard to figure out how you're going to make ends meet. And and that's where we were on things. And I just kept talking to God of, I don't know how, but I'm going to move. And and so my first true leap of faith of being uncomfortable was in May telling her, all right, let's do it. Uh, and so I took my first test to be an insurance agent and passed it. And I was moving the first set of cows up here to Oklahoma about mid-June or so. And I get a call from an Oklahoma number I did not recognize, and I answered it, um, and it was uh, who's now our department head. She's a teacher there, faculty member now, Andy Pearson, um, shaky voice and everything. And, and I knew some of the stuff that was going on in the Redlands at the time, and they were they were possibly going to be in the market for a coach just because they had some stuff going on. And she called me that day and was like, hey, we, we, we want you to interview for this job. We're bringing a few guys in the interview, and we'd like you to be one of them with, to be something that interests you. Literally, she know I was actually like on the road with a load of cows in Gainesville, Texas. And I said, yeah, how's about tomorrow? And it kind of took her by surprise that I said that. <laughs> And she goes, well, you could be ready that quick. I said, I'm on my way right now. I will stop by and grab some clothes. But, yeah, I'd like to meet with you all tomorrow. And so uh, I went in there and interviewed. I was first one up. Uh, I interviewed that morning. Uh, got back in my – actually brought my in-laws uh, vehicle because I was supposed to be in Texarkana the next day, just Charlotte Junior Nationals. Um, and I jumped in their rig and took off. And about 3 o'clock that afternoon, they offered me the job on the way to – Charlie Junior Nationals. And, and the reason that was all important was I was trying to figure out how I was going to feed everybody off this minimal insurance deal. Because really about four years in the insurance before you really start to make it a comfortable living where you can support a family. And so God provided. And, and, and I, I, I credit it all to my leap of, of faith, the leap of, hey, I'm just going to trust you where I fall. I fall. Uh, but I'm going to trust you to catch me. And, and so... That happened there. I get to Redlands, um, and I decided as I was trying to prep for that first week of classes to impress these kids, some of them I had recruited, and they chose not to come to Blinn at the time. They chose to come <laughs> to Redlands. So. But uh, I was going to be in this room with these kids, and I wanted to, right then and there, again, part of that journey of I want to do it different. Um I've been the coach who who, who spurred them. Uh, I never was a yeller. I never was one to insult them. But I wanted to win a banner. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. And, and it was something different about taking this job up here that I, I wanted to do more than that. Um, and I kept coming back to the way she challenged me um, as, as far as um, being better. And I decided right then, about the week before school started, that, that – Christ was going to be at the front end of even uh, this coaching thing. And, and whether these kids were exposed to it or not, they were about to be where they liked it or not. And, and that's kind of where I where I settled in uh, on that part of it. And it, it was, I don't know if you all have ever been in that situation. Maybe you have when, when you were starting kind of your, your group, Josh, and, and Bronk, you taking off with this ministry of you're nervous. Like you don't know how this thing's really going to go. You don't know how well it's going to go over because you've never put yourself out there like that. Um, and so uh, I did and told those kids from the get-go that 
we weren't here just to judge. We were going to change the culture of Redlands, and we were going to give it a new look, and we were going to be we we're going to do things different. Um, and if the world didn't like it, so be it. Uh, and, and so that was probably right there. Long story, but that that's kind of where I shifted. Was that January the sixth day of Proverbs sixteen and nine? And I've never looked back since. That's I love to hear that because you know we've talked a lot. Um, you know, I, I've I've reached out to some of the guys. Being a college golf coach, I've reached out to some of these guys that are that are lives college livestock judging coaches because it's so similar. We're trying to recruit the kids that we think have the knowledge, they have the try, they have the want to, and then we try to get the most out of them. You know, as we go, we're all dealing, especially at this JUCO level, we're dealing with eighteen to twenty year old kids, seventeen to twenty year old kids that, man, they ain't even sure where they're at, mm-hmm. what's going on, and and so. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough deal. But I like that, you know, you got in there because that's one thing, you know, I bring kids in from all over the world on our side, on the call, on the golf side of things, where, you know, there's not many Denmark, Dan- Danish kids coming over to Judge Livestock <laughs> no. in Reno. But at the same time, it's trying to jump out there and set that new thing. And I will say, you know, I talk to a lot of parents, um, you know, because they know I'm around some of these guys judging. I don't judge as much anymore as I used to, but – you know, they'd be around, be around them, and they'd say, hey, what kind of guy is that really? You know, and you know, thinking about it, and I can say just from an outsider looking in and from a guy that's even if it's an option six years from even really starting to look where my oldest goes somewhere that, that you have changed that culture because, you know, I would you tell me, 94 kids at your camp here yeah. this week? Yeah, 94. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. You know, yep. 94, and those aren't even kids old enough to make really a decision for themselves. Yep. You know, that parents have said, hey – you know, not not to knock any other camps or anything, but you know, I, I know that even for me, sending an eleven-year-old somewhere, it matters who's in charge before I'm going to send them. So, um, you know, I think that's it, and I'm sure this has come up. Uh, Josh and Carrie's, they got Caden up here. Yeah, Caden's up here. Maddox is up here, and hopefully, those aren't the first two that have been in trouble by any means. You know, <laughs> preachers' kids, podcasters' kids. <laughs> but, uh, but so, I think that's incredible there, and. I guess tell me from a as a judge's perspective, um, you know, not not just as a judging coach, but but going and judging shows. How much prep mind mind work prepping your mind that it takes to go into judging? Because um, you know, I mean, we had Brian Arnold on, um, a guy I know that I know you respect tremendously. You joke about YouTube being the boring kids when yeah. y'all were <laughs> judging at the same time, but you know, I mean, how much. How much do you lean on Jesus when you go in and you're fixing to judge something like Denver, even though maybe you weren't in the ring by yourself there? But, you know, I know in my latter years of judging, I'd have been a lot better judge if I'd have done it early. No, it's it's, it's huge. Um, in, in probably the, the, the one show again where, where I guess it was a week, um, I was wanting to get healthy. I'd reached out to you uh, about the Zingler deal and then wanting to, to make a change. And I don't think you really knew why. Um, so I knew I was judging the goats there at San Antonio. Um, and then one of my bucket list shows I always wanted to judge was the Iowa Beef Expo. Well, they were two days apart, uh, actually a day of travel in between. And so I knew it was going to be a big week on some interesting surfaces. And so that January – uh, I got serious about it and shucked, I don't know, 25 pounds or so. And, and as I was doing that, um, I studied harder. Um, heck, I started walking. I uh, started running a little bit. Um, I think uh, it, it's – I prep physically and mentally for these, these bigger shows um, just because it, it, I, I think it just – it draws you closer to what you're supposed to be doing and why you're supposed to be doing it. And so my focus changes, especially on that that week before. And, and I get it from my dad. Now, not that he's a big exerciser. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but but every, I, riding around with that guy uh, to every county fair I could ride along with him to, there's, there's two things I took from him. And he never – dad wasn't the type to tell you what to do. Just watch me. And um, every every time, still to this day, you're you get in a vehicle with him and you hear an awkward pause where the radio turns off he's praying he does it every time he gets in the vehicle he's done it since i can remember um when he pulls up to that show venue his hat comes off the radio goes down 
he prays before he ever stops steps out of that truck to go judge that show. And then as as I look back on it with my spiritual growth and then watching him navigate his show like he used to, it was apparent who he was judging with. Uh, and, and I often joke, I think Braden might have pointed it out. He's like, Dad, you say we a lot when, we're out, when you're out there judging and nobody's out there with you. It's just you. And, and I never thought about it, but I'm never alone judging. I always take the good Lord with me. Uh, and, and so um, I, I personally think it's why I get to do the shows I get to do is because I've yoked myself to him. I, I never enter a ring without it. Um, I, I never get on the, on the road to go judge a show without it. And really, it started off just trying to copy after my dad. And now it's grown into my own deal. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll physically for some of these bigger ones, like I got a stretch later this summer coming up with some state fairs and stuff that I'll I'll start doing things a little different about two weeks before and just to physically change and refocus myself mentally and, and read a little differently and study a little harder just to have my focus right. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's huge. And that's one thing, like I said, I'd. You know, got to where just, man, Jesus, just just help me get through this day. I mean, keep my head in the right spot. Yeah. Keep my eyes in the right spot. I mean, hey, let's – I mean, there's a little bit of a deal in the livestock world. You know, people want to hire a judge that nobody knows. Yeah. Because then they don't know anybody. And I'm like, what are we going to do, go to the fishing aisle and just say, hey, are you busy this afternoon? You want to come judge a show somewhere? I mean, they're going to know people, and they're going to know, and that's why I just think we got to get – you know, as a whole, you know, it's it's not just good guys. Yeah. To me, you got to start looking for Christian guys that yeah. are going to do the right things because it means more to them to do the right thing. And and I think people got to got to realize too that doesn't mean they're going to do the perfect job. Um, but I, I think if they're judging out with the right intent, uh, with the right focus, and, and being guided by by Christ, it, it it almost always. I guess that's I'll brag on on Brian Arnold. Uh, He's one of my favorite people to watch because watch his demeanor through a show. Um, that guy is so laser focused when he gets in the ring and he rarely misses a thing. You might not like where you were placed, but he told you about your hog in his own genuine way. And and the cool thing about our friendship is like uh, like after Denver, the, the, the year he did the hogs at Denver, we shared a. Uh, we're at the hotel eating dinner because I was going to judge it next morning with the steers. And we sat and talked way too long, probably one, two in the morning. And, and we just, we were catching up, but reflecting on the show. And I just, again, it was reminded that that demeanor he has, that Christ-like just guidance that he has, it's it's an everyday thing. And, and he inspires me to want to keep doing that and, and to come off in that, that, that humble way uh, that he does. And, and so, Again, that was another person that he didn't realize this. I've never told him that, but he he spurred me to to, to again continue to do it differently, um, to to really really reach out there and 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 do things for Christ. But also, um, it was funny when he for right before San Antonio when he had that big moment, uh, given that 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 in the show speech, and he, I'm not as eloquent as he is. Um, I don't put a lot together going into them shows at all. Um, but him and I had been chatting all oh, about a month before that, it seems like, and we were just catching up on what the kids were doing and stuff. And he just came up and he was like, Hey, he goes, we got to get Christ more in this thing. Don't you think? And I said, Hey, it's, it's never been more evident than now. And I didn't think anything of it until I heard the recording of what he yeah. said there at San Antonio. I was like, well, he's moving. He is moving. Yeah, Lord is on the move, and I think it that you know it's been there, and and you know I spend a lot of time talking to to Perryman, you know, and I know a lot of people know him, and you know we had him on first here as our first guest, but you know I I, I look back and I see how much groundwork he laid for every single one of us to not just share Jesus when we have a microphone or around a place, but to be at a show, whether we're there as a feeder. We're there as a dad. We're there as a judge. We're there as whatever to just act right, just do right. And it's not all walking around beating over somebody's head with a Bible. Mm-mm. It's 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 doing the things. And I even as as a forty five year old guy, I watch some of these people that I've got to know now and just see how they act, see how they handle different situations. And they're not always perfect. 
Oh. I'm, I'm far from being perfect at those shows, and but I know eyes are on me too. So when you kind of started proclaiming, you know, my, to your judging kids, because when you start proclaiming Jesus to your judging kids, that's going to get out a little bit because, you know, there's some small rings that are going to go out. You know, you hope they reach their parents and they reach somebody else, they reach other kids. But how much of a difference did you, did you ever see any difference? Did you, when you, as a judge, you know, knowing that the eyes could be on you a little bit different because you're outwardly proclaiming Jesus as a Lord and Savior? Um. I never really notice in the moment, uh, but it might be a year removed from the event. It might be a couple weeks, a couple months. Uh, I I never really notice until, uh, well, there was a kid this year. Uh, I, I got a little, I try to keep these kids in little groups and try not to forget who they are and, 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 and keep in touch with them. And And there's a group of four of them. Uh, they know who they are that that I share horns devotional with uh, every every other day. And, and they'll respond on there every now and then as well. And, and probably the neatest thing of, of confirmation of, you know, you, you wonder. You, you know what you're doing, the way you're doing it is having an impact. But being a, a human person, you like to see the tangible evidence that it's happening and and I got the neatest message from one of them four, actually two of those four, uh, about their own walk and how it was progressing, and 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 thanking me for exposing them, and, and or maybe just furthering it because they come from families that that know the Lord as well. Uh, but it was neat that, that and that was all the confirmation I needed to to know it's working. And, and and never give up doing it. And no matter how awkward it's going to become, uh, no matter how scared you get, getting up there doing it or doing it in a different way, just just keep doing it. Yeah. Well, that's, I like to hear that. So, Josh, you got any questions or anything come up while you were sitting listening? Yeah, no, I've, I've just been sitting here enjoying it. And I get caught up every time about this point when we got a guest on and I had said two words and I think it's great because <clears throat> I just enjoy uh, just like hopefully everybody else sitting and listening to the story and you know what y'all been talking about of of changing the culture and and Brandon I thought the way you put it was with your dad and and how he would would teach by just just watching him he didn't have to say a word and I think that's the same example of Christ coming through him as as we've talked about coming through us of it's not always. And more times than not, it's not a word that we that we have to say on a microphone or in a in anything. Um, as just people are watching us completely, and and just a, a thought that was coming through my mind. And we talked about the you know you've got lots of different connections as far as the the college scene, and, and I haven't been around it in the judging college college judging deal in a long time. But I figure it's probably be similar um you know at perfect timing this time i had a guy and he'll be on here at some point so when he hears this he'll know know i'm talking about him but um he came up to me and carrie and he said y'all need to keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about what the negative things that people are, are saying and he made a reference i can't remember exactly what it is but i said well i hadn't heard you know which obviously i knew but like he just made it he wanted to make a point to say that of we're all going to catch grief and we're going to be, you know, persecuted uh, is a biblical term, but we're going to, people are going to, you know, whether it's making fun of you or giving you a hard time about it or trying to drag you back up with some things that maybe in your life you hadn't, aren't the most proud of. But those same people to me are, are the ones that are also paying attention the most and wondering what's different about you um, now, you know, for me, previous to now, for you, Cal, it's just how you've been, at least all that I've known you of well, what's different about that person. And I think, you know, as we talk about changing the culture, um, you, Brian, your dad, uh, Bronk, Perryman, and the list can go on of guys. And, and what I've learned, and I'll let you comment on this, but since I've become more vocal in my faith, it's amazing to me the guys that come up and and 
whether they're saying, you know, just come up in a, in a spiritual conversation or, a, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. And that leads into a spiritual discussion that, that probably before, you know, never really envisioned having that conversation. Um, and then that leads into even strengthening my faith and what I'm doing because of that guy that I know is, is in that same battle with me, uh, you know, no different than us. So I think that's what comes out of it a lot for me. And, and maybe you will comment on that or not, but uh, us all banding together, um, as brothers in Christ in this industry to change the culture and, and that he uses us all together. Well, I'll be honest, like, like I actually, without y'all's permission, uh, use, use you two guys uh, as an example sometimes because, um, y'all are like my Paul, the Saul, Saul, the Paul stories. I like to tell because I've known both of you in a previous life, I call it. And, and now I know you like I do now. Uh, and I'll be honest, Josh, first time, first few times I was around you, I was like, yeah, I ain't got much use for that kid. <laughs> <At all>. uh, <laughs> and then, then, and then how, how events have, have changed and how things have gone, uh, again, every time I, I was getting on the Bible studies with you guys, every time I listened to this podcast from you guys, um, I sit back and said, man, 10 years ago, what I'd have thought I'd be getting inspired by these two, uh, but, but I am. And, and it shows that journey and, and no different than the first time I came out to the San Angelo ranch to see Keaton Dodd and, and Bronk was sitting there and I was like, man, this guy's something. <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but again, um, I think there's a lot of people like you guys around this industry that are, that are passionate people that are strong-willed people that if we get headed in the right direction are the biggest cheerleaders for what we need to be doing and the way we need to be doing it. And, and the cool thing about what you two have done, y'all embrace that nobody's perfect and you're still going to mess up and you're not going to be perfect. So you don't put that added pressure on yourself to make things false, uh, to, to do something that's not characteristic of you, but y'all have let Christ take over your life and still guide you. You're still Bronk. You're still Josh. It's just it's in a different manner for a different reason and a different focus. And I think that's been the most awesome thing about being inspired by you guys and, and, and reconnecting with you guys. But but on this level now. Yeah, I've looked back over the last man. I don't know how long it's been, but I keep thinking it's been long enough ago now that I start looking at the people right now that I get to call. Friends isn't even the word. I mean, it's it's brothers. Mm-hmm. It's brothers in Christ. It's connections that I've made because I've been in this deal. I'm like Josh. You know, he jumped in as an ag teacher right out of college and young, and jumped in in a in a big circle and and got to be known pretty quick. You know, and I started. Um, I mean, I was actually. I mean, right out of high school. You know, we started the goat deal in high school, and and you know, so people got to see both of us pretty much grow up in this thing as an adult you know Mm -hmm. where most people aren't known in their industry like if you go then back to the insurance deal until you can be and i'm not josh may be famous i'm not but till you and i'm just going to say it this way but till you become some well-known insurance guy that first four you said four years so that first four years man nobody sees you nobody notices nobody does anything this industry we think it's big because it's at one time it was everything to us. Now it's second, obviously at best, but they see everything. And I look back and, and I, when you were talking about, and Josh was talking about, you know, you were, you were replicating what your father did. You were right. Replicating what Dwight did, you know, and, and I, in my stuff was replicating exactly what I saw my dad do when we showed you know, and not on that level, because um, today I hope. I mean, I love my dad death, but he's not going to come help me pick out a pig or a goat to go to the show because we were very, <laughs> very average at it showing. But he was a very good beer drinker at it, you know. And so I just didn't see the right ways to to go about things and and, and jumped in. And, and so people are going to follow what they see, and especially from their dads, um, from those sides of things. And we're sitting here and I think it's, it gets a little bit awkward. I think not within us by any means, but when I talk to people about changing the culture of stock showing, when, when you get on the mic and we talk about, this is a very good place to raise our children. 
But then we want to talk about changing the culture of stock showing. For me, and I'm going to start it, and then I'm going to ask you, and then I want to ask Josh, and maybe we have the same answers, maybe not. You know, for me, changing that culture means making it a more Christ-like environment, a more church-like environment, and it's not going to be perfect like that in any sense because whether it's Little League Baseball, whether it's Junior Rodeo, whether it's whatever, it's not all going to be Sunday morning. It's not all going to be everybody's going to be perfect in church, but I guess what bothers me the most is what my biggest struggles were is being raised by a dad that that enjoyed drinking beer and his buddies drank beer and that's all I saw. And I'm not knocking we've we've discussed the beer drinking side of things on this and but when it crosses that line and then it becomes an issue and it becomes whatever and then we have tempers flaring at a show ring and then we have you know, we throw you throw money, alcohol and competition together on some things, you get some stuff that all of a sudden and I've asked some people this, and I need to say it more because it's a good point, is that if you really believe that this industry is one of the best places to raise kids and you're a preacher or somebody you really look up to that's just a genuinely good Christian man said, okay, we're going to try it next year, how would you act when they jump in the truck with <laughs> you and they win? You know, that's that's the side of the culture that I think I'd like to see, you know, from my side and the little bit that – can't control any of it, but just try to set that example. And hey, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've thrown a brush or time or two since I shouldn't have, and I've, I've, uh, you know, I still get aggravated. I'm like you mentioned a while ago. Not everybody's going to judge. Not everybody's going to get it right. And you just got to be able to look back and say, hey, some people ain't as good as others. But that whole thing, you know, that's that's maybe the culture I'd like to see, really most on my side. Yep. What about for you? That man? uh. <laughs> when you said that about it being the best place to raise your kids, um, that is a that's almost now like the the hot button for my wife when she hears it. Like if a judge gets on there and says that, and and you could just see her turn red uh, on that part of it, and, and then she also comes back with, "Hey, look now, what makes us any better than sports? What makes us any better than anything else?" And and it comes back to, and, and she's exactly right. We are what we put into it. And, and and so, if we if we allow Christ to be there, then yeah, it's a it's an awesome place to raise your kids. But if they do that in sports, you get the same kind of benefits from it. And so, it just points out to me our, our culture needs to be um, more driven towards Christ, basically, and in everything. And I mean, heck, even just think about the world in general. I mean, the Ovaldi thing. That's gone down, and, and, and we believers have to be careful not to feel like everything's okay to the point that we don't take action when God's pushing us to take action. But at the same time, we have got to figure out or we've got to realize that the world is a sinful place. And, and not to be a downer on things and say that life can't be good, it can but the world's such a sinful place, and that's in the stock show industry, that's in athletics, that's in academics, it's it's everywhere. Uh, and so we've got to just do a better job of not only welcoming Christ back in, and when I say back in, I think we've pushed him out over the years slowly, and he's given us the result of us pushing him out. And I think if we can welcome him back in, we will find out that it truly is a really, really neat way to raise our kids and— I think our result or our 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 satisfaction from a result uh, will be different. Uh, I, I my my son, I take it as a compliment when he says this. He he said, "Dad, how do you why do you why do you lose so well?" And and I try to stress to him that I finally and I wasn't always that way, but I finally come to the realization uh, that it's all material. And it's still my vehicle. It's it's the vehicle. It's the passion that Christ put in my heart to further his word, further his agenda, not mine. So if that means I'm last in class, that means I didn't get the banner that we worked hard for, that we put time in the barn for. So be it. Uh, that's the lesson that I need to learn or, or that's God wanting somebody else to see something through me and through my family. And, and so I've embraced that. And so, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't get mad necessarily at a show. Do I get disappointed? Yeah, I'm a competitive person, 
but at the, I get over it pretty quick. Uh, just because at the end of the day, uh, if I were to lose my life on the way home from a show, I can't stand the guilt of real of, of you know if I was mad or I put I put out an, a, a vibe that was not godlike, and, and and so that's what what sits with me on this whole deal of our culture is if if all my actions and I won't get it right every time, but if all my actions and intentions can be towards him, I'm doing my part to help make the industry and our culture better. Mm. That's uh. That don't make you check where you're at. Where you're near the show. That's good stuff right there, Brandon. Josh, you wanna kick in on this while we're on it? <laughs> yeah, and he went where where I was thinking and I'll just take I'll just I'm just gonna run with it. Uh the same way is is what Callis just said uh, if we walk into anything in life, our industry, life in general, our job, uh, a career, take anything. And, and and this is this is how I go about it. So that's how I'm gonna throw it out here. And when I step back and say, "Why am I here?" and what really matters, and if you really ask what really matters, there's only really one answer. Because in an eternity, seventy or eighty years of, as Brandon said, a world filled in sin that everyone it's one for one is going to die that's a hundred percent and and again not to take it negative it's just a fact like that's the one thing that every person on the planet that that's going to happen is that everyone's going to die from this world and when you look at that and then you come back and say okay so what's important if we all genuinely and i'm saying we me included looked at every pig show or every judging contest or every daily activity at work or in anything sports if we looked at it through that lens every person would be jumping up and down to tell you that you have to have christ because to the next breath you take could be your last and you fall dead right there and eternity is on the line and i i know that i mean but to me like if you just black and white it that simple that answers everything we've been talking about and then culture changes immediately unfortunately there's tons of complexities to that issue of of beliefs and 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 you know and and all that that's that's i can't put that hat on because i'm not god and and like brandon said it's all in his time of how things happen and when they happen and we have to sit and, and do our part but whenever i'm having a terrible day or or even a good day when I sit back and get in that spiritual thought and spiritual realm and just live with what is genuinely, what actually matters. Like if you really say what matters, that's what matters. And and you could just hit a period after it. And man, when that happens, I do so feel so stupid at myself that I was mad. That the gate hung and the sow ran back in the pen or, or what, you know, insert that we were second and didn't win. Like when you get to that and you think, I just acted like an idiot because this pig blew his hawk today. And that really don't even matter. Uh, you know, like I, I've had lots of those instances. Usually it's by myself that I look up and say, I know that was stupid. I'm sorry. I'll try better this afternoon. You know, and anyway, I could ramble on about that, but that, that's pretty much the daily walk that Josh brought to his mind. Like, I, I really think the good Lord's trying to shake us and get our attention. Uh, you know, you know, we we lose a Jason Spence unexpectedly, and then the Bloomberg Jim Bloomberg this last week, and and those are guys that are very well thought of around our industry. And again, for me, it was just another jab in the side of, hey, it's like my grandma, my mom's mom always used to say, is boy, you better get prepared because you don't want to be caught not prepared. And and when when folks like that that you don't expect to leave this world, they're gone. It just puts it back into perspective for you again that time's short. Uh, he knows how long we're going to be here, but we don't. And, and so we've got to take every second of, of every minute that we can to to get right with the Lord and, and, and do his work. Yeah, that's such a reminder that we get. I mean, you know, there's there's reminders around us. And, and no doubt the last uh, this is we're sitting here May 25th. And man, the last little bit, it seems like over and over. And it may be just because our uh, Group text deals so big, and we know people from all yeah. over the country. But 
It doesn't matter. It just seems like over and over and over, whether people have passed away or not, just been accidents, things come up, you know, and things that I'd actually forgot about it happened. That, you know, we I mean, you talked about yesterday back when, you know, Blake and Ravenna were going through that deal with the boys. And, mm-hmm. you know, just all this time over and over. And I just think, man, what if we get so wrapped up? And this is where I want to go with this a little bit, you know, off of off of the judge's perspective, but into this deal as a dad um, on the show ring side is, is I am I've left and we talk about this a lot on Tuesday mornings, but I've left the barn the night before thinking that I'm about two inches tall because I expected something out of a 10 year old girl way more a 10 year old girl that is better than I was at 16. But then I expect more out of her to the point where anybody loses their temper or anything like that. And that's where my fault comes in. And that's where my guilt is. And I think about it. I'm like, man, what if I stroked out right now and had a heart attack is the last thing she going to hear you got to do this or is it going to be, Hey, I'm proud of you or whatever. So I guess just as a, as a dad showing y'all are in what, how many years in now? Oh, Braden's 13, 13, almost so 14, four, 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 five years yeah. into the yep. being up here at the world's largest. We're not going to say the best, <laughs> the world's largest up here at OIE, but, yeah. uh, you know, as a dad for you and you know, as parents, just, you can speak mm-hmm. for Kelly a little bit on this kind of wish she was here to hear some of this. Cause I know she's fired up on, on some stuff, but you know, as a dad, what, what do y'all do as a family to kind of like, what, how have you set your goals? What have you done to make, get the work out of them, to get it all out of them, but at the same time still be like, Hey, this is a good place to raise y'all. If I'm being honest, probably not enough. Uh, as far as staying on them, like I should in the way I should. Uh, but, uh, I will say that the way we try to inspire them in, in, I want it to be their project. Um, but I want them to do it in a way uh, I, I tell Braden constantly, cause he's my proud one that you've got to do it in a way that honors God. And somebody's always watching is what I try to stress to him that, um, and, and, and the kids are different. Cambry's going to go show for the second time really the first big time here this weekend but uh with, with Braden, I, I don't have to worry about uh his, his competitive nature i don't have to worry about pushing him in certain ways where i try to guide him is is hey somebody's always watching you've got to watch your reaction you've got to you've got to control yourself and and, and try to be as christ-like as you can again he's 13 but as Christ-like as you can in, in every avenue of the showing. And that includes inside the ring. That's back at the stall. That's running around with your friends. You, you got to make sure you're making good choices. And, and then with Kylie, it's the opposite. She, she tends to fear just a little bit and stress. And so with her, uh, what we try to do is, hey, you know, either finding a scripture or, or finding something to where it encourages her uh, in a way that she grows her confidence through Christ uh, and and get out in that ring and just let him take control uh, and don't be fearful and so but the neat thing that both of them do without without any prodding at all uh, Braden's got this routine uh, he he'll he'll feel himself getting geared up and he he's the one that I'm sure if we we're in football or something he'd be slapping himself in the face and getting jacked up to go in the ring and we're on that if you're at OIE there's that ramp that goes down into the ring and he will stop and. He will, I'll pull my hat off and he'll pray right there before going in the ring. And, and this year I said, hey, we're about to run late. And it's as if he didn't hear me. He was in the zone. Uh, he was going to finish his prayer. Uh, and then we walked down that ramp into the ring. And, and, and Kylie's gotten the same way. She won't do it on the ramp. She'll do it before she leaves the stall. Uh, and she's a little sneaky about it, too. She don't like to like to see me. But I, I catch her every now and then doing it. But they, they are, I, I want them to develop their own relationship with Christ uh, because I do think as much as we can expose them to it until it means something to them, they're still not going to get it. And until they form that connection, there's still going to be something missing. It's more of a obligation instead of a lifestyle. And so the way we've tried to do it is, is, is we find opportunities where we feel like there's a correction need to be made. And then that's where we do it. Uh, we hadn't put up posters in the barn. Uh, we, we, we do listen to some inspirational music usually, uh, around, but our deal is more of, um, I guess my deal in general, being a lifestyle judging coach is 
how do I help the reaction? Like, how do I help them get through this bump in the road? I want them to experience something. I don't want it to be easy for them necessarily. So how do I get them through it? How do, how do I help them work through it, but in a Christ-like manner, making sure he's still your rudder getting through that turmoil? Yeah, that's good. I like, I especially like the, the handling things about a reaction, you know, because that's, that's two things, the biggest two things that I have outside of, of just being a pastor is through golf and through through the livestock deal. And, you know, it's not it's not about how would you play very well and you hit every shot well and you've got a very good steer or calf or bear or whatever that goes through. It's how you handle the ones that aren't. Josh talked about a while ago, you know, blown hawks. And, you know, it's really about how – it has nothing to do with how, how we handle mm-hmm. the good days. It's what are we doing, how do we handle the bad days. And, and I think that's – I loved hearing that. I mean, I just sat right here and – and picked up on something for, for me to apply at the Fleming plan. You know, with, with us, my kids, I got one starting next time, and it's how to handle the reaction. And, and, and I loved how you said it's about them developing their relationship because at the same time, we're all sitting here, three of us, that we're all exposed. We were all whatever, but until we developed our own personal relationship, mm-hmm. we're showing the way, we're being – we're being Dwight to Brandon. Yep. We're being Brandon's being that to Braden. You know, down there in Montgomery, they're doing it, and we need to do it at our house for sure. So, Josh, you got any questions before we roll into the to the meme and a and a speed round? I'm bad on. I thought that was that was. If anything, maybe even not a question, but uh, if Brandon's you know sitting here, of of. And and we're going to get into this at some point, I guess. But uh, of the father taking the leadership role uh, of a family spiritually, and 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 as he's been talking about with his kids, like I mean, that's 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 our God given duty, quite literally, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's good. I think it's you know, and I could say we had the deal with Uvalde just happen, and you know, and I I man. I have a heart for, for kids that their dad's not around all the time. You know, those things. Um, I mean, I was blessed to have a dad that loved me and a, and a stepdad that was around there. And, you know, but I just think back and, and then, you know, first thing I, I look for every time anything unfortunately happens is, you know, I look back and the little bit we know about the guy, the kid down there at Uvalde and there ain't a dad around. Yeah. And, you know, I, uh, Man, I, I just – I know things happen where there's not always going to be a one around, but we do have a father in heaven. But somebody's got to expose that to that. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's why I keep feeling, you know, my heart kind of being pulled towards the stock show deal as a whole, but but really to those stock show dads. You know, those are the ones that especially Tuesday morning said I want to reach. Those are the ones that I – you know, I find myself when I do get to share or preach, it's preaching, it ain't sharing, it's something. I used to say sharing when I thought, you know, he ain't no preacher, he ain't no pastor, but now I have the official title is pastor, <laughs> but it's preaching. But, you know, I find myself just reaching out, trying to just make eye contact with a few of them and, you know, not put them on the hot seat. But, hey, at some point we're all going to be on a hot seat. I just assume somebody be be jabbing me in the rib right now saying, Bronk, you're not doing the right thing as a dad right here on earth. You're not doing the right thing as a husband. You're not setting the right example to those watching, as I would some other day be like, hey, you got it plumb wrong. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, Josh sent, he sent us the meme of the week a while ago. You want to read that, Josh? And I think it's perfect for this one. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't, I've, I've learned to wait. And, and these are, you know, I've got this little group of stuff and we'll send it back and forth. But, uh, it's funny how the Lord just kind of uh, he puts the right one for for the right time. So it says, uh, and I can read it. It says, "When the Holy Spirit speaks, listen. You never know what's on the other side of your obedience." And y'all take it away. You can probably add to that one. I just think right there, you know, it still blows me away, and it gets me a little bit convicted myself right now of of Kelly coming to you saying, "Hey." I'm going to Oklahoma. We're together. You're coming too, but we're going to Oklahoma. And it's not just it wasn't you knew that it was uh that it was it was God. It was oh, yeah. her hearing from God because you know her, you trust her, 
you know where she's at. We talked about mm-hmm. that early with her in the scripture and, and that being many, that many steps ahead of man of obedience. And it's a deal where, you know, I mean, I personally, man, I'm in a spot right now where I'm not a hundred percent sure where I'm supposed to be, but I hadn't heard the right way. Yep. So, you know, I guess just that was, I'm glad I heard that. I, I had never heard that part of y'all's, y'all's journey to hear. And so for me, I'm glad I heard it today because that could be the next prod on where I figure out where I need to be. Yep. So, all right, you ready for a little speed round? Yeah. All right. We talked about it. We talked about having to lose a little weight. And we talked about doing some things, so that means we do like to eat. Yes. Let's go ahead and ask all your travels and all your places growing up about as far away from here as you can get because this is just about as close to Canada as it is your home place. <laughs> but favorite place to eat? Ah. Uh. I'm a barbecue junkie, uh, and no offense, Oklahoma. It's just not the same. Uh, but um, I have I have become a very big fan of this little steakhouse down the road here in Amber, Oklahoma, called Ken Steak and Ribs. Uh, when they give you a rib as an appetizer, you've already won me over you right started. off. Yeah, right off the bat. Uh, but it it is. It is it is simple. Uh, it looks like an old gas station. It's kind of a hole in the wall, uh, but it's awesome. Uh, I, I, I've yet to have a bad eating experience there yet. Uh, it's it's where we like to go. And no, no, I've, I've become a pretty big fan of it. I like it, but I ain't gonna lie. Good Texas barbecue. What I really really miss is a good sausage from Poffin Burgers down there in Belleville. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't get near as much of that as I want to. Oh yeah, that's some good stuff down there. That'd be the Polish guys making oh, that, yeah. right? Yeah, oh yeah, down in Polacks. Yeah. So, uh, best bovine you've ever had the opportunity to slap? Ooh, ooh, man. Because you've uh, done all the big ones. Man, that's a tough one. Honestly. Um, Mm. Like there's two steers that come to mind. Uh, silver one that won Denver the first year I judged Denver that Skiles girl showed, and then the silver one I just got to slap it at Kansas City. I, I'm gonna cop out and answer it differently instead of saying yeah. bovine. Um, I don't know if it was just the atmosphere. I don't know if it was uh, judging a species that most people didn't think I was capable of judging probably. But uh, I got flat emotional judging those goats at San Antonio. Like, um, I've, I still to this day, I've never been more in the zone and never more focused. And again, I, I, I credit it all to the good Lord preparing me going into that week with it and, and Iowa beef expo steers that couple days after. But I don't know. There was There was just something about that show. My parents were there. Uh, my aunt was there who was battling cancer. Uh, it was just a, it was something. And then to know that I showed sheep in that exact same side of the ring when I was a kid and never got dotted at all. Um, but it was it, that, that show right there, uh, that's probably as emotional and as focused and as cool of a feeling leaving that show as I've ever had was doing yeah. those goats at San Antonio. I, 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 it's hard to believe I forget sometimes you did get to do San Antonio and Houston goats. Yeah. And, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool that you mentioned that as far, especially after doing some of those others. But, all right, there's a new show. You're going to do all four species. You and three other guys, you get to pick the other three. Mm. Who are you bringing with you? <laughs> My dad. I figured that was coming uh, when I wrote that down. He he be one, even though uh, he won't do it with me now. He says he's too crippled, and he said he's retired. Uh, probably my wife, because I know I'll come off pretty humble, and I hope I do. But I'm pretty confident about what I see and what I say, and she's about the only person that can make me second think a decision. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd be she'd be the other one, um, man. You said two more or one more? One more after that. Woo. Um, got Brandon Dwight and Kelly. Jeez. That's a tough one. Uh, I could go too many different ways with that one. Uh, man, oh, man. That's when you know your pool's deep. Well, I don't. I don't want to make anybody mad. I'm telling you, I don't want to make anybody mad. Uh, uh, 
Yeah. I'll well, I'll I'll take the easy way out. Uh, and say Shockey. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's pretty. He, I know Texas has gotten to see he's multi-species, but uh, living a mile north of him and watching those boys show, he he it don't matter the species, chickens, rabbits, whatever. He can step in there and pretty much figure his figure it out. Right. Through your life walking, what's the coolest thing you've seen God do? Something uh, that just stands out that you think about a lot. Other than my own my own life and, and just how it's spilled, um, I am a I'm an observant person, and so really the cool thing to me is anytime I can see a story again, you two, uh, my brother even. Uh, the things he's had to battle and go through and, and, and where he is now with his faith has been pretty cool. And, and just uh, really anybody who, who, who decided to take that leap, I, I find just a lot of joy uh, in watching that happen. Um, these college kids, I guess these college kids, when the, when the light bulb finally turns on, uh, whether they're there with me then or it's down the road later in life, but w- when that light bulb turns on of how you're supposed to live, there's nothing more gratifying than seeing a young person get it and, and, and get it figured out. And yeah, that's awesome. I love to hear that, especially as somebody that's, you know, in the role you're there and you may think you're retired, but you're still influencing them. I, you're I, still fought, it. Around I and, fought it for so long of being a uh, judging coach, and I, I said I was not going to be one. Uh, but again, good Lord, just kept pushing me in the van he yeah. just kept pushing me yeah. in the van you're still here and you're yeah. still around and yep. you're around this week even at camp even though they're still camping and oh yeah we're doing this but yeah you don't get to get out of that just as easy as you want to so that's awesome so man brandon we appreciate you coming by i know it was a little bit of a pain he had uh like i said had to haul judging cattle home and then pull a calf and uh, it's all it's all life come back over so uh man we appreciate you and man i love you like a brother and you know i call you a friend and you know i just i I think it's awesome and appreciate everything you do for the industry and you know just being that example of somebody for me to look up to and just kind of see so your chance your uh your mic right here anything you want to say to the industry to anybody listening anybody out there one little past you know, it's one thing I used to, I did do, even though I was something when y'all would come by and work out, I would give a little bit of good advice uh, before y'all pull out oh, the game yeah. to those kids. Oh, but, uh, no, just, uh, uh, first of all, thank you guys for taking a leap and, and doing what you're doing and, and starting a, uh, an uncommon podcast. Let's be honest around the livestock industry. And, um, I'm very thankful for it, uh, for sure. And, and then I guess Proverbs 16, nine man decides the, the direction of his heart and let the Lord guide his steps. I, if everybody I think can get on board or understand that, uh, my life has never been better since. It, even though I had to move north of the Red River, my life, is still, <laughs> my life has still never been better. He's getting a little more oaky all the time. He's talking about ribs over here at Amber. So. <laughs> no offense, Okies, I love uh. most of you. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Josh, you got anything you want to add before we close out uh, here? Thanks again, Callis. It's been awesome, and uh, we appreciate it a ton, man. Yeah, and thanks for trusting us with y'all's kids, too. Oh, that's where they're at. Mine, that's the first time right here. So <laughs> she called me last night, and I said, you having fun? She said, oh, yeah. I said, I hope you're learning a little bit, baby. But so uh, she did text me a while ago with some copy of some notes. So y'all are at least teaching something that I don't oh, yeah. teach because I don't talk them the way she's writing <laughs> stuff down. So. Awesome. Yeah, I think Caden's enjoying it. Carrie said when she dropped him off. He said, uh, she said he's officially grown up and become independent. She said, I think he would rather me just come to a rolling stop and let him bail out with all this stuff and just get going. I tell you the one full circle thing I'll say before we leave. Um, I was part of the very, very first A&M Lifestyle Judging Camp as a participant. My roommate was Kelton Mason. Uh, and now I, I got to watch today my kid and his kid. Uh, giving each other a hard time looking at classes today. So that I ain't gonna lie, I had, <laughs> wow. to, I had to sit back and take a deep breath for a minute today. Wow. Yep. That is cool. That's you know, we think our industry's huge, but it's small, and that's probably what makes it where we know change can happen. Yeah, we know it can get where it needs to be. So, our thoughts and prayers continue to go out to the folks down at Uvalde going through the unimaginable. I can't even imagine, mm. I mean, at all. And you know, I just think that. 
that as a world we just got to be hitting our knees and we got to be praying and we're we're worried about changing the culture out here within our industry but hey that's the first one we got where we can cross the line of and and so uh thoughts and prayers continue down there in uvalde texas and such a horrific thing and and just all those struggling right now you know our industries has just it's taken some pretty hard blows lately Mm -hmm. and just from different people and man we just pray with you and 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 i just want to say you know this will be an episode of its own here in a couple weeks or so and when you hear this man if you need something reach out and i can say there's a guy sitting right over here on this couch in a motel it's not just me josh and dan that you can reach out to if you got a connection with brandon and you're lost and you feel like you need man you need more man reach out i can promise you that guy is a disciple of jesus christ and and we thank you for that and appreciate you being here and thank you all for listening this has been another episode of the one truth Thank you.